Why not slate your literary lustings in a personal one-on-one? St. Valentine's Day Mascara. St. Valentine's Day Mascara. St. Valentine's Day Mascara. 14th of February 2021. 11am PST Facebook Live. A date for everyone. Hosted by Ms. Noir. The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country, as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff talk to under go to skinonskins.com that's s-k-i-n-o-n-s-k-i-n-s.com you just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather go see under everything is handcrafted and understated quality fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs he also does fixes maybe you love that jacket he'll put the zipper back in Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check them out at SkinOnSkins.com. L-S-D, FAP, acid and fapping, fapping and acid, acid fapping, fapping and acid, fap, 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 acid. Thank you. That song is called Acid and Fapping. What is flat black plastic what could it be it's exactly what you think it is flat black plastic vinyl records round played mixed all for you every Saturday from noon to two by Scotto Amazing artist, music DJ, vinyl enthusiast. That is flat black. 
plastic. This is Tusha Matters with Mutiny Radio. Big up to the number one station that rule the nation. Give it to me every time. My name is Breakfast, and I'm running for Chancellor of the United States of America. For too long, we have gone without a chancellor who is willing to take bold leaps of faith and logic to create new possibilities for our great, big, fat nation. As your chancellor, I will balance the budget on the head of a pin, give entertaining speeches, have scandalous affairs, write strongly worded letters to unpopular foreign leaders, look good on camera, end all hunger, crime, abuse, war, disease, disasters, sadness, depression, oppression, repression, suppression, transgression, obsession, expression, impression, regression, and digression by signing pieces of paper that express my disapproval of such things. And invest in an American flag pin to be worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. Revolution online skills gap inc an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule it involves pre-recorded classes live interactive sessions and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students the need for these skills has never been it's six o'clock it's time here at mutinyradio.fm and .sf for outdoor comedy, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna put on a little Miles Davis. We're gonna chill out and listen to the dulcet tones of jazz here as we get ready for a great show out on the street, socially distanced, everyone wearing masks, hilarious comics. Can't wait for it. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We'll be right back.
check, check, check. I got a Russian blend and a check one, too.
bundle up, Buttercup. But we're going to get started in about five minutes. We got the ladies here. Yeah. Hey, they're a real audience. Excited about that. Hey, guy driving by in a car. Yeah. Comedy going to happen here in a few minutes. Yeah. It's good. It's like it's, it's the new speed dating. You just get a microphone and stand on the street at yelling guys in cars. Is that is that like catcalling? Is that like the old days? Is that feminism is real. Subjectify equally. Uh, all right. We're going to get started in a few minutes. Yay. Thank <laughs> you. 
show. Yay! Yeah! You already have comedy pneumonia? You cold? You bundled up, Buttercup? You okay? You're gonna be... Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. It's good to keep the mask on. It's one of the only good things about the mask is we get to be perpetually warm now. So that's nice. Also, it covers up my crepey neck. No one knows how old I am. Yay! I just got French Botox. That's when you cut bangs <laughs> for yourself. So with the mask and the sunglasses and the bangs, I mean, from behind, I look like I'm 22, you know? It's like, I always wanted to be, I mean, I never wanted to be pregnant, but I always wanted to be one of those pregnant women that you see them from the back, and they just look like a regular lady, and they turn sideways, and you're like, whoa! You're growing an alien inside you, that's cool! How'd you keep your ass so small? Kids? No, you guys are too young, clearly. Too young. I have abortions older than you. I think that's, that's true. I had my first abortion in 1995. That's 25 years ago. 26 now, if you can do the math. 26 years ago, I had my first abortion, and I only have one regret about that abortion. And that's, uh, you know, I didn't have the kid. Because right now, I could be having sex with all of his friends. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> what was I doing? <laughs> Mistakes in my life. Uh, I've been dating. That's weird and uh, fun. You guys, you do the you do the dates, you do the internet date, you do the Tinders and the Bumbles and the profiles and the stuff. I don't, I don't, I don't do the internet dating. Uh, some people say raise the bar. Some people say lower the bar. I say meet at the bar. Like that's how you get it done. Oh, do we have to have a? But so I, I don't, I don't have an internet profile. Uh, but I, 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 I have been, I have been dating, and I feel like it's like. It's like trying on shoes. I, you know, you go and you you like the pattern of the shoes, and you go, ooh, those are cute shoes. But then the shoes are no good. They make your feet. You try to fit into the shoes. You're like, I'm going to try. And you walk around in the shoes for a minute, and they're just, oh, they just don't fit right. And, and then you get a blister. Do you know what I mean? It's just like dating. You end up getting a blister. That's a herpes joke for you guys. Anybody else? I'm I'm more afraid of herpes than uh, COVID. By the way, I'm like, don't spit in my mouth, dude. I don't know you. <laughs> I'm not afraid. <laughs> it's gross. What am I gonna get there? Good. Everyone's got the herp. No, they do. Seventy percent of people have it. It's true. There's some San Francisco hygiene issues uh, that I've been dealing with personally. Uh, I I I found I found these tights in a tree in the mission. These are tree tights. <laughs> That's a thing. Uh, my question is, if my tree tights don't smell like pee, do I have to wash them before I wear them? No. no. I've been wearing them for like 18 days, and now they smell like my pee. But I kind of like that. That's weird, right? Is that gross? Okay. I like the smell of my pee. Uh, San Francisco hygiene question number two. When you're using the public restroom at Civic Center, do you leave the toilet seat up or down after you've been slamming heroin? that more of an etiquette question, really? I'm not sure. Uh, the last hygiene question. I'm trying to lower my carbon footprint. I don't know about y'all. So when I'm going number two, if I use the same teepee to wipe my nose and then my tushy, can I give my butthole herpes? Dermatologist says yes. 
Herpes simplex one and two, same herpes, just location, location, location. I live in the tenderloin, yeah. Oh yeah, it's so nice. I always know that I'm dressed cute when I get propositioned for sex. <laughs> you know, like, this is a cute outfit, thank you. I, I you cannot p pay me for sex. You could get uh, ketamine maybe, but not, <laughs> no. But not like actual money, it's trade economy. I have been getting, I've been getting cat ca uh, complimented, called, it's hard to tell. I don't know if they're compliments or cat calls. A gentleman uh, looked at me and he said, girl, you've been living a long time to look 22. Oh, that's a compliment, and I'm taking it. Thank you, sir. I look good. Walked by another gentleman, and he looked at me deep in the eyes, and he said, you look like you know something. <sighs> I've always wanted to be seen as smart, like you. You get me, you see me. So happy. I try not to wear skirts, because I get unwarranted compliments. A gentleman said, girl, I like your skirt. Can I get under there and get a sniff? Ah! Ah, it's cat calling. Also, like, that's gross, bro. Like, why do you want to smell that dude's jizz? Like, that's, it's like your problem. That's like, it's like, y it's on you, man. Actually, it's all over me. It's all, <laughs> that's the problem. It's me. I do understand cat calling, I really do, because I have a kitten. Who has cats? Who loves cats? Cats! Cats, cats, cats! Yay! Bow to your alien overlords, the cats with one paw! Yes! I do, I do love cats, but I know, I try to cat call my cat all the time. I say, baby kitty, come here. I love you, baby kitty, come here. And then she ignores me, and I'm like, baby kitty, you get over here. She shows me her butthole, and I'm like, you are asking for it. And I run over, and I pick her up without consent, and I flip her over like a baby, and I kiss her on the mouth. It's cat calling. Doesn't work on cats either. <laughs> Doesn't work on anybody. Sorry. That's not a COVID cough. That's, that's a weed cough. Every cough I have started with a fat bowl of weed. Don't worry. Don't worry about me. Uh, I, am, I am getting super old, though. I know that I'm old because I had to use my reading glasses to pack my bong. I forgot trichomes, bicomes. It's so pretty. <laughs> I left my reading glasses on. I looked up in the mirror and I'm like, whoa, <laughs> who is that? I am not pretty. I saw my wrinkles all close up. Ah! I like to beer goggle myself. That's why I try not to wear my glasses. Everything's so fuzzy and pretty. <laughs> Put Vaseline on the lens, Mr. DeMille. That's some Vaseline, oof, not a good lubricant. <laughs> well, I guess, anyways, I didn't mean to go there. I'm sorry, I've been dating, I've been thinking about weird things. I'm going through menopause, so I am horny as, like, the F word that I didn't use. Look how I started, I like, woo! It's crazy. My eggs are screaming as they're getting out of my body. They're like, what's going on? They're screaming. The eggs are screaming. She doesn't have eggs yet. She's, um... I have like two eggs left. <laughs> I was really, I was really bummed out about the Super Bowl because like Tom Brady was playing or whatever and I guess he was doing well, but I'm kind of angry because I feel like we're misusing his natural talents. Like Tom Brady should not be on the field throwing footballs around. He should be locked in the closet hooked up to a jizz machine because he should be taking all of his sperm 
and giving it to everyone. Tom Brady babies for all. There is another astronaut in that nutsack. The next president is in that nutsack. I know it. I mean, I'm going through menopause and I have an IUD, but I would rip out my IUD with these sharp fingernails to put some Tom Brady sperm in there. Are you kidding me? A miracle baby? He's 44, I'm 46. We could have the next president. I'll be older than Joe Biden. Yeah, I'm not going to live that long. It's fine. Uh, I got, I got a, a loan from the government to keep this place alive, a 30-year fixed loan. And I'm like, jokes on you, government. I'm not going to live 30 years. You think I'm paying you back? <laughs> right? 30 years. I'm old. That's, that's fun stuff. Uh, let me connect with you more before I... Oh, yeah. This is the exciting thing about menopause. Like, I am crazy. I think I have... I think I have a homeless boyfriend now. Like, um, if gift giving is my love language, I've given him so many edibles. And the other day, I gave him a puffy jacket and a pair of old jeans. And he was so excited. And I think that was my dowry. And we might we might be getting married. I don't know. I'm, I think next time he shares his chow mein with me, we're like a street officially street kid married. He's cute. Hey. You're in a car. Yay. Oh. There's a policeman. Police are cool. <laughs> you, you guys know any cool cops? You know any cool cops? Anybody like cool cops? Any cops when you're on the street and you're smoking a spliff and you're like, you cool cop? <laughs> you want a you hit, bro? Yeah, this is good. Anybody ever done that? No? I'll, I'll, I'll close on a little white privilege thing since I was talking about the cops. I know that I have white privilege because I did this thing once in the mission and I didn't get arrested. Uh, it was 1.45 in the morning and I had cute shoes on and I had an outfit and I was like, my feet hurt. And I was holding my shoes in the air and I was like, I need a cab, I need a cab. And what pulled up was a police car and they were like, well, what do you need help with, ma'am? And I was like, I need a cab. And they drove me home. The San Francisco PD put me in the back of the car and drove me to the Tenderloin. They're like, you really, you need to, we need to help keep you safe. I'm like, I know, I'm white, help me. No, it wasn't, it wasn't because I was white. It's because I'm a woman. I'm kidding. I'm putting back feminism so many years. That's the thing. If you're not going to wear your mask right now, at least you could smile at me for feminism. You know, like you're not wearing your mask, smile. Thank you. The guys inside get the feminist joke. That's good. Closing a quick feminist joke here. Knock, knock. Feminism. I can get my own door. Thank you. It's <laughs> I think the precept of feminism. I don't know how it works. I don't read books. No, that's not true. I do. I do read books. A lot of women in the 70s burned bras and read books so I could talk about my butthole on stage. Yeah. Which incidentally looks like someone threw a hand grenade into a deli. It's meaty. I am old. <laughs> that just happens, whether you have a baby or not. <laughs> it's, ooh. it's a hemorrhoids joke. Did you guys get the, it wasn't a herpes joke. I don't have herpes on my butthole yet. <laughs> Sorry. Yay. Like a professional ending on a butt joke with herpes. Yay. Uh, so I'm your host tonight, Pam Benjamin. You can clap for me. Yay. Me. Uh, yeah, and this is the perfect costume for today. I pulled together some Grey Gardens stuff. Ever, anybody know Grey Gardens? Yeah? Okay, so you know how she took, like, tops and skirts and flipped them upside down? This used to be a top. 
this was a top from like, seriously, from like 1994. This was a top I used to wear. And today I was like, I think this is a skirt. I think this is the perfect costume for today. Little Edie Beal joke for you. All right. Are you ready to get this comedy started? Yes. I'm Ben Benjamin. I'm from Mutiny Radio. I'm your host tonight. This is a jar that I'll be accepting money in later. Uh, we have a really great, huge lineup. And comedians from all over the place, from as far flung as Walnut Creek. <laughs> and, and even farther still, L.A. and all kinds of great places. Your first comedian, he's a lovely gentleman, and he shows up here on Mondays for the Joke Workshop. And this is his first showcase in front of an actual audience. So I need you to be the sweetest, kindest people and clap your hands in a wild, slappy-like motion for Ian Langlands. Yay! Thank you. It's actually a lie. I, this is not my first time. I don't know where she got that information from. So you can, you can uh, raise your expectations for me now. Okay, comedy. Okay. Um, it's an interesting point Pam brought up is about herpes and COVID and what would you rather have? Because that's kind of a question that I've been having is like people that are actively dating right now and you're sitting across from them. Like, what are you thinking? Would you rather them have COVID or would you rather them have an STD? Because if they got an STD, then you just like have to tell all your sexual partners that you have it. Or if it's COVID, then you got to tell everybody you've ever met in the past like seven months. So I don't know what's more of a burden. That's just um, that's just me rambling. Um, okay, let's move on to something a little lighter. Does anybody have a loved one with dementia? That's an actual question. No, does anybody have dementia? By the way, anybody? No, I guess I guess you wouldn't remember anyway. Um, no, but my grandma has dementia, um, and I was. A few months ago, I was tasked with the uh, lovely quest to take care of her for a few hours. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, I'm 21. I should be going out partying, and i got to take care of my demented grandmother. Um, you know, not, not how I would like to live that Saturday morning, but, you know, that's how it is. Um, and so I was worried that I had to do all this stuff with her, but really what you got to do with someone who has dementia, you just watch Game Show Network and make sure they don't jump off the balcony. Just <laughs> It's pretty easy, actually. Um, and I don't know what it is after you pass the threshold of being 70 years old, you just become like infatuated with game shows. I don't know what that is. And, sh and she loves it, you know, she loves it. And then her favorite show came on, which was Jeopardy. And uh, I, I couldn't tell you why her favorite show was Jeopardy. Like she couldn't recognize herself in the mirror, let alone like know who the leader of Prussia was in 1860. But she loves Jeopardy. So we're watching Jeopardy, you know, we're rolling, we're rolling, we're rolling. I'm just sitting, I'm trying to enjoy myself. And she turns to me and she goes, when did that man get here? And we're alone in the room. And I didn't know that this task was gonna come with questions. So I'm like, okay, grandma, let's just, uh, let's just move on from this. So I ignore her and we move on. Five minutes later, she asks me again. She goes, who's that man in the suit? When did that man in the suit get here? So now I fucking realize that I have to, convince my demented grandmother that the ghost of Alex Trebek is not in the room with us. Um, not, a, not a fun thing to do, I'll tell you. And so I keep telling her, I'm like, Grandma, no, Alex Trebek is not in the room with us. 
Oh, and by the way, if a loved one starts seeing the ghost of game show hosts, then you might want to double check you're on the will because they're on the way out, okay? Um, <laughs> that's awful. Okay. God bless. Okay, so so I tell her, I'm like, Grandma, Alex Trebek's not in the room, and she's not budging. And I'm trying to tell her, I'm like, hey, you're the one with the deteriorating brain. I would trust me, okay? I'm the, one, I'm the expert. She doesn't believe me. We're rolling, we're rolling, and I'm like, you know, I'm young. I like to have fun. Let's play a little game with her. So I tell her she's a contestant on Jeopardy. That's fun, right? You know, that's what you do with, you know, when you're taking care of your 80-year-old grandmother. She's a contestant on Jeopardy, and she lights up. She loves it. So I start rambling questions off to her, and her brain's stuck in 1973, so naturally she's getting them all wrong. But who cares, okay? This is probably the last light she'll have in her life for, I don't know, maybe a few months. Um, <laughs> um, so rambling questions, she's getting them wrong, and then my mom walks in, and it's final Jeopardy. And so I turn to my grandma, and I go, who wrote the poem, The Raven? And she replies, Frank Sinatra? Wrong. So I naturally I pulled the plug on her. Because if she <laughs> if she doesn't get final Jeopardy, then she's not gonna make it any any longer. Jeez, I just packed like seven dead grandma jokes in one, and none of them landed. Okay, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but she did eventually pass. Um, God rest her soul. It was a it was a trippy thing her funeral, because it was like during COVID, so like that's a time when you really need to like touch people and hug people and couldn't do any of that and it was all surreal and you know it was a whole thing so we had the funeral we had the service and uh, a small group of us go back to my parents house for dinner and when you when someone dies and they pass through the mortuary you get little like name cards of the person with a little bio and we noticed that we got the wrong name card it was some guy named Peter Chang <laughs> Peter Chang is not the name of my grandmother um, we're like hey that's kind of weird that we got this guy's name, and then we think, I'm like, wait a minute. The mortuary gave us the wrong name cards. Was that the right casket? And we looked to my uncle, and we're like, so was that the right casket? And he goes, I don't know. I never saw it. Because why would you see the casket that your mother would be, be buried in? I don't know. So now when people ask me the name of my grandmother, I have to answer in the form of a question, who is Peter Chang? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, he is my Peter Chang is my grandma now because he's buried with my grandfather in that plot. Um, which is really sad. And all in all honesty, my grandmother's body may or may not have been shipped to Beijing to be married. Uh, let's just hope that uh, Chinese heaven lets her in. Though. God bless, right? Okay, that's all I got. Thank you. I'm Ian. And uh, you know, thank you, Miami. Yay. Ian Langlands, yay! Funeral jokes, all right. That's so great. No, uh, the last time I was at a funeral, it was exciting because uh, I was smoking pot in the bathroom, and I was blowing the smoke down the toilet as I was flushing, thinking that that worked. Uh, it, it actually does not work. Everyone, everyone knew. Every single person knew that I was smoking pot. <laughs> like in the entire other, the other funerals were like, "Who is smoking the weed?" And I come out, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, this coffin selection is a blast, man. <laughs> it's, it's a fun time at the funeral." Cool. Uh, I love it when people die because they usually gift me all of their drugs. <laughs> Thanks, Big Austin in the sky. Uh, my ex-husband's father died, my ex-father-in-law. And when he was on his deathbed, he was like, Keith, 
just give Pam all of my drugs. <laughs> so I got like 59 Marinol. They were amazing. Okay. <laughs> Yay. Big Austin always loves me. All right. Your next comedian. Uh, he's a lovely human being, and I've known him for many, many years, and he's super funny. Clap your hands together for John Alcabez. Yay. What's up? How you doing? Um, hell yeah. <laughs> I swear that's never happened. Whatever. Um, what's up? How you guys doing? Thanks for being here. This is smart of us. Um, I, I don't know. No, I do appreciate you guys being here and you know wearing your masks or you know just keeping it on you like an amulet. Whatever. Um, I. Isn't it cool with the masks how like half of us have masks that are clothing and half of us have masks that are garbage? I think that's fun. Um, have you noticed that? I feel like there's a real divide now. Like I see people in literal Louis Vuitton masks and I'm like, that's cool. I'm wearing a used Kleenex and two rubber bands, but you look great. I'm happy that you look so good. Um, at the very beginning of the pandemic, I was staying with my parents um, and at one point uh, during that time, I got a notification from the Tinder app on my phone. And it wasn't like, if you use the app, you know, it wasn't a person, a message, or a match. It was just the app telling me about its th that it exists, you know? It was just like, hey, what's up? We're Tinder, so did we get your hopes up and then disappoint you? <laughs> well, there's plenty more where that came from. Get on in here, buddy, you know? Um, but it was like the very beginning of the pandemic, so my first thought when that happened, I was like, oh, no. If I have casual sex right now, my parents will die. Um, and then my next thought, I was like, oh, now I know what it's like to be Catholic. Okay, cool. <laughs> Radical empathy, you know? Because I'm Jewish, so my only internal monologue is just like, it's just your parents will die. Like, there's no qualifiers, really. They just are going to die. You guys all Jewish? Yeah? Cool. I was told you'd all be d Jewish, so... I'm glad that was at least, that request was at least met in part. Um, no, I don't know. Do you guys think, don't actually answer, but just think about it. You guys think Jews are white. It's like a conversation I've had with my friends a lot. And I've thought about it, and I, the conclusion I've come to is that I think that the white ones are. Um, <laughs> I think the white ones are. Here's how I know, all right? Anyone who doesn't think Jews are white has never seen a synagogue in Palo Alto, California try to stay on rhythm, okay? That's all. Just watch Congregation Beth Am clap together. <laughs> they're, they're lovely people who helped raise me, but they just can't really do it. So that's fine. They're, they're good folks. I don't know. It's confusing, right? Because like white supremacists don't like us. They don't like that we're white. You know, like in Charlottesville, they're in the streets chanting Jews will not replace us, which that's a confusing sentiment because it's technically true. Like, yeah, we're not going to replace you guys. We're kind of just on two different journeys. You know, we're like really just doing our own things. You guys vandalize synagogues, we study the Torah, you know, two separate. I've never vandalized a synagogue, um, unless you count the time I drew a dick on the desk at Hebrew school, but I don't think that counts, right? Because it's about intent, and like my intent was to be hilarious, and <laughs> mission accomplished, you know? So I think I did great. I don't know, it's never fun when there's like angry Nazis running around, you know? It's better than happy, happy Nazis, definitely, but it's still not fun. I don't know, I was thinking about how like, we all wanna believe we're good people, but like we wanna think we're good people for the right reasons, you know? Like, do you think anyone in Nazi, there's anyone in Nazi Germany who like refused to join Hitler Youth? 
and like they get older and they tell their grandkids and their kids that it was because they were on the right side of history but like really the real reason they didn't want to join Hitler Youth was just because like that was boring nerd shit you know <laughs> they're like you guys like Hitler oh that's cool um, I like to have sex but yeah, yeah I like to bang my hot Aryan girlfriend but enjoy your little club I'm sure it'll look great on your college application which also, how pissed would you be if you did Hitler Youth all through high school because you wanted that college app to be looking good? And senior year, the war ends. You're just like, shit. Dang it. I should have spread it out, you know? I should have had more hobbies. Um, let's see. I, uh, I don't know. I, Joe Biden was just sworn in. That's fine or whatever. I was... I was really look. I was really hopeful about Bernie Sanders, and maybe that's that was dumb of me. But it's just like, I want. I was. I thought we were finally gonna have a, another president who was gonna take on Wall Street, which like we haven't had a president take on Wall Street since when? Since like George W. Bush did 9/11. That's been. That's almost like 20 years. He shouldn't have done that. I, he should not have done that. But I'm just giving you guys the facts. No, I don't know. I, it's just frustrating because, like, we all know people who work in finance, but we don't know, like, what they do necessarily, you know? It's kind of, it's weird and shadowy. It's like, okay, I know that they work with money. I know that they have a lot of money. Is it, is it, does it work the same way as how, like, when I used to work at a pizza place and I would go home with a lot of pizza? You know? Is it that kind of thing? At the end of the day, they're just like, yo, boss, there's, like, $16,000 sitting here. Is it cool if I wrap it up in some tinfoil, take it on home? <laughs> My roommates might, might want some. They sometimes go for that type of thing if I leave it out with a little note. I, don't know, I feel like a lot of the people you meet in San Francisco are like, when they tell you what they do for a living, it sounds like a nonprofit. But then when you see like their belongings and where they live, it seems like maybe it's a yes profit. You know? You'd be talking to someone, you're like, oh, what do you do? They're like, oh, I work for this company. We like, we, we teach CPR to dolphins and the dolphins teach it to at-risk teens. So it's like, it's kind of just the gift that keeps on giving. Like, that's awesome, man. Where's all the money come from? I hope you're paying the dolphins a, a stipend of some sort. Um, all right, guys, that has been my time. Thank you very much. Yay! Good six minutes. That was great. John Alcabez, that was awesome. Yay! Keep it clapping for him. I was really excited that he was talking about Nazis there for a second. Um, any vegans in the house? Any people vegan? Vegans? Yeah, vegans, yeah. Do okay, so this is a real question. Do vegans eat bread? So vegans eat bread. But see, I bake bread all the time, and I know what we do. You take the yeast, right, and you, you make it alive. You feed it, and it bubbles, and you put it into the bread, and it burps and farts. You basically enslave it to make your bread rise, and then you turn on an oven, and you murder entire cultures. Bread is some Nazi shit, bro. It is some Nazi. I'm killing. I'm not just killing one animal. I'm killing thousands of cultures. Bread. <laughs> Vegans. Hypocrites. Uh, yay. I'm sorry. I love vegans. No, it's great. Your poop, I'm sure, doesn't even smell. You're next. <laughs> no, I don't know what they eat. I don't know what they eat. I'm sure it just slides right out. Like, and they, they all have this squatty potty, too. I'm sure that's part of the biz. Uh, your next comedian, I'm super excited to bring up. Oh, he's, yeah, he's all the way from the East Bay, and he's super funny. You guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Dave Coker. <laughs> Yay. Here are Dave. Um, 
How are we doing, guys? This is a nice little turnout. So uh, I've been trapped inside my house, and uh, I've been watching a lot of TV lately. And I've decided that I don't like those kid cooking shows. No normal 10-year-old is into cooking. Like when I was 10, I cared about two things, monster trucks and not getting hit by my mom. There's just something off about these kids. Like, I am willing to bet that the only reason they got into cooking was so they could murder their parents. They always have the same type of kid on the show, a rich white kid. You never see a kid from the trailer park on MasterChef Junior. That's probably because it's really difficult to make chicken cordon bleu when you're on food stamps. Trying to think where I'm going with that one. <laughs> it takes a special type of person to be a chef. And by special, I mean a complete lunatic. Have you ever seen the Food Network? These people are so intense, it borders on mental illness. <laughs> like Gordon Ramsay. Somebody with that much pent-up rage has definitely murdered somebody over an undercooked chicken. The only chill one's Guy Fieri, and even he seems like he is one Bay Area traffic jam away from building a pipe bomb. Uh, I went to the doctor last week, and I was diagnosed as bipolar. It's nice knowing that there's actually something wrong with you, so you can take the necessary steps to treat it. It's like when my dad diagnosed me as not his son. Being bipolar is a lot like those Sour Patch Kid commercials. First you're sour, then you lay in bed for three days and only pee in beer bottles. Uh, I started therapy, and yeah, it was court ordered, but I deserve some credit. Mental health is a big issue in this country. A lot of people struggle with anxiety, or as I call it, being alive. We understand mental health a lot better than we used to. I remember when I was in high school, I told my dad that I was depressed, and he just told me to quit being gay. Uh, I also started drinking again. And normally that's not something to brag about, but my therapist was the one that suggested it. I knew I paid her for a reason. I like how after listening to my problems for an hour, she was basically like, I don't know, just drink about it. <laughs> Trying to think where I'm going. This is all new stuff, guys. Give me a break. Uh, every once in a while, my mom will call me, and she'll say something like, if your grandma was alive, she would be so happy and proud you're going to therapy. And that's nice and all. But that doesn't mean it's true. Like, maybe my grandma would think I'm a big piece of shit. A lot has changed since I last saw her. Like, I believe in evolution now. And she would hate me for that. <laughs> so, uh, I am from a small town down south outside Bakersfield called Taft. And it's a tiny redneck community, type of place where everybody knows each other. My family... We were known as the family with teeth. Just to give you a general idea, Taft is the type of place 
they would declare it a city holiday if they built a new Walmart. There isn't much diversity in these small towns. For instance, I pass as Asian. Dude comes up to me and says, you Chinese, which is a great way to start a hate crime. <laughs> Not so much a conversation. And I just go, no, is it the tattoo? And he goes, nah. You've just got really tiny eyes. Like I don't know that. I went to a uh, small kindergarten through eighth grade school on the outskirts of town. And I lived in town. So it was kind of like being a sexy foreign exchange student. Except instead of being from Italy, I was from a place with indoor plumbing. <laughs> I was sort of an outcast at this school. I was the only one not having sex with my cousin. They had a tough time getting staff at this school. My uh, PE teacher was also my English teacher, which is probably why I didn't know what a noun was until I was 25. Um, I don't really like kids, but I'm getting to that age where all my friends are starting to have kids, but it's still not clear if it's on purpose or not. So I never know whether to say congratulations or that sucks. My wife and I, uh, we don't think we're going to have kids. Personally, I'm disappointed enough in my own life. I don't have the energy to be disappointed in somebody else's. Like, I am the number one candidate to accidentally leave a child in a hot car. <laughs> I shouldn't be somebody's dad anyways. I'm better suited for the shady uncle role. You guys all know who I'm talking about. He sells weed to the local teenagers and keeps asking when all your friends are going to turn 18. <laughs> I, uh, excuse me. I'm not dad material. Like, dads have to teach you boring stuff, like compassion and discipline. Uncles get, get to teach you how to, uncles get to teach you how to hotwire a car and chug a beer. Dads have to teach you how to have a firm, impressive handshake. Uncles teach you how to talk your way out of a DUI. I, I am into drugs. Not doing them, mostly just reading about them. You know, drugs really have the ability to bring people closer together. I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that's why I never had many close friends. <laughs> I never really did drugs. I drank. And everybody I drank with ended up punching me in the face at some point. Don't get me wrong, I want to do drugs. I just don't have the personality for it. Like, I'm the type of guy who would do a little bit too much cocaine and call the cops on himself. <laughs> it's kind of like the time I smoked a little bit too much weed. And I freaked out because I saw a scary painting. Uh, I actually got offered cocaine this past week in a public restroom. Of course, I politely declined because it was Tuesday and we were at Target. <laughs> this guy was persistent, like he really wanted a stranger to do drugs with him. I, uh, I actually ended up running into him later on in the store and he was a manager. <laughs> That's gotta be rock bottom, right? Doing blow off the baby changing table in the Target restroom on your 15 minute break. Like I said, I do a lot of drug research. 
And the other day, I, was, uh, I stumbled on an internet forum for casual meth users. Now, I didn't know meth was something you could just nonchalantly do. Like, I assumed there was more commitment involved. I thought you just did it until all of your teeth fell out. You know, it's crazy to me that there are people out there that do drugs. It's just no big deal. That's like learning that superheroes exist. Except these people probably aren't helping others. More likely than not, they're taking apart their VCR, putting it back together, and then smoking meth out of it. I'm going to end on this one. Um, a guy posted a picture of a meth pipe, and the caption was, a relaxing Saturday night. <laughs> no, dude, that's an extreme Saturday night. No amount of red wine will take that edge off. Thank you, guys. Yay, Dave Coker, yay! And his last name is Coker. And he I actually have a pro tip about cocaine. Uh, if you've been doing cocaine for more than 24 hours, you don't eat your boogers. You smoke them. Right? I know. I'm a genius. That's because I smoke a lot of weed. <laughs> and then I think of things like that. It's good. Yeah, uh, I was also, I, I had an adamant crack user try to make me smoke crack with her at the 16th Emission BART slash station. Everyone knows they're at 16th Emission. We're hanging out underneath the awning together. And she says to me, she's such a sweetheart. She goes, would you like to smoke some crack? And I'm like, you know, I'm trying to cut back. I really, it's just not my jam. She asked me a second time, would you, would you, would you, would you like to smoke some crack with me? I'm like, you are so generous. That is so sweet. And the problem is I didn't want her to offer a third time because I'm also a Jew. And the Jews know if someone offers you something three times, you have to take it. I didn't want to do the crank. Uh, or no, it's not even crank. Crank is meth. It was, it was crack. Anyways. Don't smoke crack. Cool. Your next comedian, uh, she, doesn't, she doesn't either. <laughs> Maybe she does. I don't know. Sometimes I have no idea how to transition, and I just do it anyway. Your next comedian, what a funny lady she is. Put your hands together for Shelby Wilson. Yay! Woo! Um, All right. Hello, hello. Admittedly, I know very little about crack. Familiar enough with cocaine, I had my fun times. Um, and also, obviously, like, I'm a white girl. Obviously, I've dabbled in the white girl. Uh, how you guys doing tonight? You cold? I'm kind of cold. Like, I thought just denim would protect me today, but it's not enough, shockingly. Um, uh, let's see. Do you guys see the poop sign behind you? 